He has hey. that European. Do we? Do we? Kind European? Of like Nikita We're European-esque kind of spy look. Hey guys, in that photo. welcome to another episode yeah. of Push to Talk. As we have fun with our sound issues, as we always do. So it wouldn't be a Push to Talk show without them. So, <laughs> so you bled over a little bit there, uh, McLeod, talking about uh, some European issues. So it was kind of funny. Um, we oh, are uh, joined once again by our by our friend Carneros. He's hanging out with us. Hello. Today. Yeah, we're having fun here, so I apologize if we're uh, joking with each other. And it cut in. <laughs> That's what makes the show the show, really. Seriously, guys. Um, we are uh, we are completely uh, unprofessional and related to sound because normally I screw it up, Carneros, uh, royally, and uh, it's it, it, you know either I'm talking and nobody hears me or or something like that. So, so <laughs> see, port sixty six of their sound issues must be Saturday. Yep, it is. I'm waiting for my kids to run up and down the stairs so that you can all hear them as well. As uh, as always, almost we have our uh, our our friend Kurt, uh, Caleb and uh, and McLeod. Say hi, guys! And down at the bottom there, way at the bottom, Urandis, who's here. He was upset today because he didn't have a colored shirt to wear. So. Providing the visuals. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Urandis. I mean, there there needs to be some beauty on this some handsomeness on this stream so clearly Amen. Ugly, so Amen. the rest of us are god god ugly it's terrible at least and I, I love am. how i love how modest he is as well it's great ah, it's modesty beautiful. you know my parents when they raised me i'm i'm still fairly young so they were very strict on making sure that i was a modest and sensible uh child growing up and that i wouldn't use my overly dashing looks in my favor to sway other people that my opinion nice. yeah. you know you know what they say great power great responsibility right oh let me tell you about all the responsibility <laughs> and power that i can bring to the table like it is it is unbelievable man all right stanley was talking about spider-man though Hey, probably. <laughs> Randus was just adapting it to the current situation. He throws the nice. used card out nice. often. <laughs> so moving on. Yeah. Last time, <laughs> last time we all got together. Yes. We talked about old video games. Actually, we even went farther back than that. We talked about coming up on you know the start of video games, mm -hmm. old MMOs, and some of those people are still playing. People are that. Last week at uh, the game, this past week at the Game Developer Conference in San Francisco, uh, uh, the Ultima Online folks got up and did a 20th anniversary uh, panel and did a presentation to the industry. Here's how it was back in the day, and and it was it was a lot of fun. I wasn't able to attend it myself, but I'm going to watch the the uh, broadcast. Uh, some of those are still played. EverQuest, EverQuest 2, uh, Lineage 2. Some of these old guys are still being played. But we thought this time, let's jump forward a bit. Let's talk about the, um, uh, there are people back at home who are going to kill me for saying this, the modern MMOs that people are playing and looking forward to what's coming next. The EQ2 team in particular is probably going to hit me with a stick when I get to work on Monday. <laughs> Well, we're kind of uh, at the point where it's uh, about the contemporaries, right? All the last 
what two three years and then about one or two years into the future because we can't really talk about deep projects um but I would just like your comments on what happened between what you would call the classics uh, of the MMO genre, um, the PvE and, and, and PvP, and what's been happening in this last era and up till now, right? Because we've seen a lot of, uh, of development and uh, a lot of transitioning. And I know that you might have had some hands on with the uh, some of the attempts to bring in the new and novel from uh, EQ2 with the uh, EQ Next and uh, and all that. Yeah, um, the main part of the, uh, I, I was involved with EQ Next actually. I was involved with uh, the user generated content, uh, how players could design their own, um, at least the art for in-game items and skins and stuff and put them into the game to sell in the store. That part I was dealing with, and I was dealing with monetization in general on EQ Next. Um, that wasn't the part that made us look at the progress on the project and say it's not it's not measuring up to what we expect for a product with this name. It's not going to get there on this trajectory. This is the wrong uh, approach. Let's stop here. I mean that. Those things happen. You have to, you can't, this is in addition to everything else, it's a business and you can't just approach it emotionally and say, this is my baby. I can't kill it. No, it's not your baby. And yes, you can't kill it. Got to be practical. Yeah, exactly. you, it has to survive in a market in an actual, you know, uh, as a business. And you're tying up all of these talented creative individuals on this project when they could be making something else. So there's an opportunity cost associated with keeping your baby. But we uh, we didn't come to the show to talk about EQ Next. Uh, let's, uh, some well, of the we kind current... of did, right? Because they, they were doing some of the uh, interesting things in, in regards to introducing new technology. Because if you look at the classic, right? Nothing has actually changed uh, the decade that, that we've been playing them, right? It's still pretty much the same type of uh, graphic layouts. It's still the same type of, of models. Uh, it feels like everything is just skinning and adding a few features, right? It's it's interesting. It's almost like in my the analogy I use in my head is you baked a cake and then you added another layer and then you added another layer and then you added, well, we've added 19 layers to EverQuest over the year. Yeah, but we it's still a, just have like two recipes in 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 the kitchen, right? We've yeah. got we've got a cake and a pie. We've got the 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 FPS games, and we got the MMOs, right? They've, and and nothing has really changed. An FPS today would not confuse someone playing ten years ago, right? And it's it's always cracks me up when someone's starting a new game and they ask him, "Well, how many layers do you have in your cake?" These other cakes that have been around for years have a lot more layers. And you think, dude, you're really comparing that? Because it takes a while to build all that stuff, or you have to have a massive team. So one of the things that's happened over the years is the cost of building this stuff has gone up and up and up. You can do some things to keep it more reasonable if you're only baking the same cake layers every time and just putting them on top because you get a little bit better at it, you get a little more efficient and you develop your, some tools to make the cake 
bake more smoothly and have fewer flops. But you're still, uh, but if you're one of these newer games that's trying to do something more, if you're trying to do what EQ Next was doing, if you're trying to do what uh, some of the Amazon games are trying to do, if you're trying to, you know, bust out, uh, I won't mention the word Star Citizen, oops. But if you're trying to do some of these really big things, you, that costs a lot of money. And if you're trying to build your own engine, you've just raised it an order of magnitude more expensive. You oh, know? hell yeah. So you, it's, it's an insane amount of money that goes into building um, a modern engine. It's a, and, and the number of people that exist in the universe that you could pull into your team to, to make a cutting edge competitive uh, uh, engine is is these are special unicorns out there. There aren't very many of them. In my opinion, they're hard to recruit for. And if you think, oh, I'll hire ten and put them on my team, if you've got an unlimited budget and someone famous uh, doing recruiting, you could probably hire those people at the rate of one per month. Okay. But doesn't uh, doesn't the, the the business in general feel a little bit like it's I don't want to say degenerate, but it's it's gone into some sort of uh, uh, industrial kitchen, right? Where they've cut out all the old visionaries. Uh, when you look at, at, at game developer studios, right? You see them cutting people or uh, brain power in a way where you just start wondering, but weren't they the ones actually making the games? And now I'm going to trigger myself by mentioning Star Citizen because that's an example of someone coming back saying, well, I actually have visions still, right? And, and whether you're looking at someone like the Star Citizen story or like Funcom and the Rakuten Quest uh, story, there's so many of the old people that used to make games for us that we were extremely entertained by, and they've just been put on a shelf somewhere. There is, I, that I, is it's true. almost trophophobia, right? I've seen that too. Uh, um, I, I wouldn't look at, um, remember the old dark age of Camelot? Well, Mark Jacobs is, is working on, uh, an indie version called Camelot Unchained. But uh, isn't it weird that, that the industry is, is letting these people, uh, go out and, and do weird solo and projects, Kickstarters old, and stuff like that, right? Well, and EverQuest, Brad McQuaid is now working on Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. And these, you know, both of those, Camelot Unchained and Pantheon, are, are examples of something that made you want to start the show, which was the crowdfunding, the crowdsourced funding uh, aspect of, of the trending that we see. Yeah, these are people who, in, in, it's not like Brad McQuaid got asked to leave or anything. He just, he wanted to go do something new and start a new project and start a new company. He, that was his idea. You know, when no one squeezed him out. Now, I don't know if, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if Torvi is in the same category where um, he thought, oh, I want to do this new challenge. You know, I want to go try this new thing. I knew he, he wanted to live in Seattle. I don't know if he, if that's, or, if, you know, I don't know what the circumstances are of his departure. He, he might it might have been completely voluntary and he wanted to go do have a new adventure but doesn't it feel like the industry has just cut out the innovators because now the product is pretty much making itself and now you just well 
it's, it's maybe not fair to say that they're wage slaves, but you basically just throw a lot of artists, uh, a few uh, uh, ghost writing like uh, oh, developers, Lord, That's right? not what it's like. Oh, but that's what Lord. it looks like. It looks like okay. a, a repeat business, right? It, it looks like Xerox uh, copying of existing games and, and tropes, right? Well, there, there's a, there's a, I mean, it can kind of look like it, but there's, you know, there's, there's some jeopardy to trying out a new, new type, new types of business models when it comes to sort of gaming and, you know, that kind of, that sort of thing. And, you know, when it comes to, it, it requires, um, like pr particularly brave investors to be able to do that. Um, that, and if you just, and that's, bunch of... that's an awkward. If you just threw a bunch of good artists and programmers and stuff into a pile and said, make an MMO, you would get the United States Congress is what you would get. It's not no going to be no direction, no progress. No, but yeah, not... I just don't see that the, the, the projects that are coming out feels like, uh, maybe it's wrong to say this I... again, but it feels like it's young people trying to one up the old classics and they're basically making products that feel the same, have similar stories, uh, similar, uh, pretty much no novelty and no really unique uh, selling point, right? It, it, it feels as if the brain power is not very creative. We could go back and talk about uh, Molinar and, and his great vision about AI and sandbox games. And this has been attempted to be put into all the new games. It just feels like they all fail at it. Yeah, but do you, you, do you think that this might be, you know, these projects that you see that you kind of categorize in, in this way? Do you, do you think that these projects are being run by visionaries or people with visions, uh, with grand visions? Or do you think they're being run by, you know, entrepreneurs who basically are really just in it for the money? Because if they're, if they're in it for the money, then what they're going to be doing is they're going to be looking at, you know, what they're what they want to design or the, the field that they want to design in, look at the success stories and go, well, that's basically what we have to do, but we can't copy it one for one because there'll be some serious legal issues. We need to kind of, you know, mix it up a little bit, but essentially do exactly that. I'm not a bit of vet, Uranus. It, it's not really bit of vet. It's just that I feel like I don't see any new types of cakes, right? To go back to that kitchen model. It's like when you've played FPSs for 10 years or more, right? The, the FPSs that come out, then they're, they're just pretty much similar to the old ones and the same there, with the MMO genre. There, there are was, a lot of customers a, that walk into a yeah. bakery and they want cake. Okay. They, oh, they, they, want, they want the same cake, cake again. Three times in a row so far. They don't want a deconstructed cake all over a beautiful plate with all of the pieces separate. No, they want their damn cake. It's a, I think that uh, you can innovate and, you, and people do stuff, but oh, for okay. example, then, people pull parts it, right? of it out. Have Why you ever played? Why has the cake not gotten better? Right? Why has the core cake? Why do we still run back to EQ2, World of Warcraft, Eve Online, and we even go back and do uh, remodeled uh, versions of very old games when we go to well, uh, GOG? Right? It's like where are the new I wanna, ones? I want to quickly come in here with Caleb. Like, yell out, when you're talking yell about yell out. when you 
when you're talking about MMOs, like it's it's all fair and well putting time into an MMO, especially uh, you know, especially an MMO that is persistent. You know that that sort of you know gives you that sort of like oh, it's a persistent universe. It will you know carry on and stay. stay time out for a second. What it is. Let's okay. let's go. Let me dig into that question for a little bit. Why don't don't they get better? Let's go back to the World of Warcraft. Okay, maybe you play. Let's look at a component in it. Let's look at Battleground. Alterac Valley, if you have to picture something in your head, okay? That was a lot of fun back in the day. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, now, take that out in your mind, just that component, make it its own game, and compare it to today's Battle Royale genre. There's, there's, um, uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a connection of uh of Similar. there's some dna from those kinds of battlegrounds in these modern things they have been innovated they are better uh but they're only the one piece one trend if i had to make a like a future prediction for what mmos will be like 10 years from now like new mmos coming out 10 years from now i th i would say they wouldn't build the whole damn thing at once they would build a component like that and then they build another component over here that's PVE, and they do another component over here that's uh, a social game, maybe do a crafting game, maybe do all these things, and then they would hook them all together as like a confederation of a game instead of having been all in one game at the beginning. So pretty and much what CCP does. Well, CCP kind of does it to a degree, but like, I mean, I think CCP have broken away from the idea of like, you know, uh, the traditional idea of uh, a game being an alpha state or a game being in beta state, like, because they are constantly re, like, you know, uh, like refreshing old systems, bringing new content in, bringing new, uh, well, like, I mean, new features in and stuff like that. And it's, do. I mean, if you look at World exactly. of Warcraft, even like, God, you can't, some terrible games like Star Trek Online and Swator, you know, yeah, there's you, they're still kind of doing that same thing. Yeah, they're adding those you can't run, added elements, you can't, right? Yeah, because you need to constantly reinvigorate the game for it to feel at least current and also kind of bring in a little bit of hype to sort of, you know, to to bolster your, you know, your player count. You know, the people coming into the game versus the people, you know, leaving the game. I think Uranda's and uh, Carnera's is, is on to a very important point. The whole thing of uh, uh, DNA of games taking stuff out and making it a solo uh, uh, project and taking two things and clashing them together and, and remixing them, right? So, so it's very culinary, very much like food. And, and it's actually and off Carneros, I have nothing to do. I'm just kind of piggybacking off of what Carneros has said. The other thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's non. It's it's uh, it has its uh, that kind of thing has its has its groundings in other different uh, other industries as well, like um, you know the a lot of the time the the best of in any particular industry isn't the innovators. It's the people who take those innovations and combine them in the best form with other innovations. Like is there um, is there really anything a, new in this world? world? Isn't everything derivative? Yeah, but I did feel some sort of game Food, uh, storytelling novelty everything. in uh, uh, some of the things that's been happening with the voxels and 
the sandbox and the interactive environment and uh, something that opens up for player uh, creativity and stuff like that, right? It's just that it doesn't seem like it's really working yet. I, I think uh, I think EQ was the closest, but then they kind of shelved the project, right? It wasn't working. They tried it. It wasn't working. Uh, not all of that cool stuff, which looked good on paper, um, could actually really uh, work. Uh, um, it would work at small scale, but it wasn't. It couldn't work at production quality at production scale. We all know how important scale is. We play Eve. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there's a Halder fan of joke in there somewhere. EQ Next was trying to do was to like players could physically impact the world. Like, say you slam a boss down into a ground and it shattered a hole in the ground, creating another giant cave, which would lead to another boss. And then you could just keep modifying the world like that. Like, I, I can understand where like that that sounds cool in retrospect, but how do you scale that? I guess for newer players coming in who don't have like the the ability to put that kind of impact or you know understand the impact that happened, uh, I can understand that kind of situation. I think the genius of that was that with Landmark, you basically hired uh, the player base to potentially create content for you, right? So they could experiment with almost a Minecraft-like environment, do stuff and build things. And uh, eventually they would be able to show this to the devs. The devs would say, oh, that's actually a cool thing. We want this in the game somehow. We modified a bit and then we actually got an expansion on our hands. Almost Caleb, Daybreak and actually Sony Online Entertainment is not as big as some of these really big companies making MMOs. The team that made uh, Star Wars The Old Republic was bigger than our company and uh if you look at uh you know it was an innovative choice to say let's enlist the players steam valve does it with steam workshop let's do it our way you know try to make it accessible and have them jump in and do it yeah i thought it was brilliant some parts of that you know might still continue to go forward in other areas yeah, I mean, you you took that idea and you applied it to uh, PlanetSide too as well. And to be completely honest, it's exploded. It it did explode on PlanetSide too. And I absolutely, I, I love the idea. I really love the idea because it's PlanetSide two relies on it. It was not part of yeah. their original business plan. They were there's. I remember the meeting where we told them we were adding it to their game, and their leadership team with their jaws dropped, and they're like, "Okay, Smed." You know, and, and they went for it. They had a good attitude, but we had to uh, jury rig it to fit, and and it wasn't designed into their business model. They don't have a plan. Side two doesn't have a fantastic business model. If you're a dedicated player and you play for years and you really like the game, you run out of anything to spend money on. And even if you feel like, oh, I'd like to contribute, I appreciate this. I appreciate this team. I'd like these people to have food on their table. You know, I'd like them to keep making this game. You run out of things you can even spend money on. Yeah, in, in the end, you just end up collecting. Different. Yeah, at the end, end of the day, you, you'll just end up collecting, um, you know, the, your kind of the, mon the, the money that's used in your game. So. 
you just collect it and yeah. you don't, you don't need a 77th helmet you Sadly. just don't you only have one head so uh but yeah they but they rely on the planet side on the player studio stuff to uh uh bring interesting new things in and people will occasionally buy it and um uh it would have been a better match if we designed it in from the few, from the beginning but it still worked hopefully you know we learned a lot of things from landmark and from eqnex we will apply them we are applying them in my current new game and development that we haven't announced and we aren't talking about because my boss would kill me Leaks. <laughs> no, okay, I'm, it is about time that I am drinking that water. Next... You're getting no leaks. Damn it. Well, it is the next round of uh, titles that's about to come out, right? We're, we're kind of hitting that new uh, phase where everyone is kind yeah. of building a new thing, and we know that the CCP is even uh, working on something as well. Yes. So, the so there is a new generation tell, coming. You're not leaking on your friends if if you say, Look at all of their job listings, and you'll see the ones that say unannounced title. Hello, Blizzard's doing it, you know, Daybreak's doing it, CCP's doing it. As far as I know, every game company I know working on this stuff, except for the one game independence, all of them I have something, at least one game in development that's not announced right now. It's, it is kind of a new batch at springtime it's a new bunch of babies in the oven i don't know will it be a proper generation three now you start getting your ingredients together you get your people organized you get your your flour together and then you start putting it together and once you're kind of getting ready to put it in the oven you start saying "Ooh, we got this thing coming you guys might enjoy this and then the smell starts filling up the room, <laughs> and everyone gets really you, like, oh, what so are, is this? So, what are, so are we if you're in the industry, though, a lot of times these people, there's a stage in the, prod, in the project cycle where people have decided what they're building, and they're thinking about, who do we know that would be great to work on X or Y or Z? And then they call each other up at the other company and said, do you remember that time you worked on Shadows of Eserbius? Okay, you would be perfect for our next thing. Can we, would you come in and talk to it? And they'll do this little round of like call people up and get them to jump to each other's game companies to work on this new project. And then we all know that, oh, they have a new project over at such and such a company. And, you know, and you can, you can guess by the kinds of talent they're recruiting, what kinds of things might be involved in their new game. So you get a few hints behind the scene. And then you ask questions sometimes. Oh, what, uh, what engine are you guys using? You run into someone at a bar. What engine are you using? Unreal? You know, Lumberyard? Are you even what are you doing? Yeah, and you, you can pick something else out. So will this be a proper third generation of, uh, of games, or do you think they're only going to hit like 2.5? Oh, it, uh, Caleb, you have very high standards, sir, and we're not <laughs> going to be able to hit them. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a 2.5 thing. I, I think I think there's going to need to be uh, quite a seismic kind of increase in terms of, uh, like, I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's, um, 
like the 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 required resources to run an even better uh, engine, or there needs to be a new like a like some a new innovation in engine design. Well, the, the problem something Un Unreal the is the best. You know, Unreal four point one nine is the best engine available right now. It's the most mature set of tools. However, oh, yeah. objectively, however, it's not. It doesn't have everything for everyone. It's not designed for an MMORPG or mm. MMO in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, even PUBG is kind of uh, kind of realizing that even just for the hundred hundred people uh, in the simulation that they want to run, it's stretching the game to like its limits, or stretching the engine at least to its limits because. Like if, if if you've seen the uh, the videos of of um, particular uh, like of netcode analysis um, with PUBG, like um, when it's at the start of games, when there's you know the hundred between one hundred and fifty people playing playing, um, the netcode kind of analysis of, of it is actually quite awkward, and it's 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 not to do with pub the way that PUBG is actually using the engine because it is kind of similar on um on Fortnite as well um with the high player counts in that particular environment like it's it's a bit awkward higher high player accounts i was in ROIR last night mm -hmm. um oh yeah, yeah fairly good sized battle um i'm trying to think was it like 1200 on each side Something like that. I didn't look mm -hmm. at local. I was I was giggling and shooting titans with my Nagelfar, and I was having a lot of fun. But you put you you know you put a lot of human players in one piece of a video game, and you get yeah. a lot of network traffic. That's oh, life. Yeah. And even though you're not rendering human figures, which are extremely expensive you know, in Eve, mm. you know, the numbers add up. Yeah. But, um, but skipping ahead, let's go, let's, let's talk about what is coming for a moment. Um, World of Warcraft is, uh, on the last chunk of their current, uh, expansion cycle and is preparing for the next one called Battle for Azeroth. Um, and I think it's, we're talking about a July, August, September release. Now the attorneys required them to put a date on something, you know, as a backstop. <laughs> and I think that's like September 19th or 21st or something, but I think it's actually a summertime release and, um, it will be pretty much another layer on the layer cake. Um, this one's focused more on PVP. It's telling stories related to the factions inherent instead of an external threat, but you know it's uh, a lot of it is more of the same to some degree. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen, you know their most recent expansion was June of twenty seventeen called Stormblood. Their most recent before that was actually june of 2015 so two two year cycle that was heaven's word so i'm guessing they're right in the in the middle-ish of their expansions and won't have another one they're probably working on it internally but won't talk about it for another year um, 
Did you see that thing in Twitch chat? Uh, I think that actually. No, sir. Is. I can't um, see Twitch chat. Where are okay. you guys oh, seeing it? So I'll, I'll just, read it to you. Unlucky yeah, charms. Carneros, uh, Kerner, is there? A, <laughs> there is a ton of retro MMO trending amongst the developers for more hardcore. The retro MMOs, Rift, the uh, original yeah. uh, World of Warcraft vanilla, uh, future products along these lines. Yeah, I want to. I definitely want to talk about that. First. Yeah, the point is, yeah. he's asking uh, about this retro uh, movement and whether you believe that games will become more complex or will they go back to some sort of simplified or more classic uh, model. All right, I'm going to use a, a, a controversial analogy again. Sometimes <laughs> you want. Sometimes. If your sex life gets boring, <laughs> you want to go back and re-experience something really cool you did in the past. <laughs> did you just uh, explain why people? What, what, what happens? Let's think about what, it for a hold second. On, hold on. What now, happens if they're not quite as flexible as they used let's to? Let's go back to uh, on the MMO gaming side of this. Where bring my analogy back home? What you do is you. <laughs> You remember fondly wonderful times you had in the early days of a game, and you want to go and experience that magic again. And some some people get a lot of that magic back by going back and and just starting all over again with the vanilla uh, experience. So every rough roughly I don't know eighteen months, we launch a new EverQuest One server. We actually did one two weeks ago called CoreNav. Uh, and it is, we, we launch it and start it over from the bare bones of the original thing. And every six weeks, eight weeks, we add, unlock one expansion. And we require you for those special servers to be a paid member instead of the free to play part. And we make more money from these retro time lock servers than we do from the current servers. This ties money into the talks. Whole, uh, money. The fact that you got these classic mm -hmm. servers of, of EQ, you got uh, World of War, uh, Warcraft Vanilla, you got uh, uh, Diablo Seasons, uh, you got all these games that are basically it, catering to a very classic way. When of it being. worked on EverQuest One, we tried it on EverQuest Two. You know what? Totally different players. It worked again. It worked. Now. World of Warcraft had a hell of a lot of work to do. Blizzard had a hell of a lot of work to do to get their code base into a place where they even could sp spin up a vanilla WoW server. Um, and but they did see, you know, and I certainly told people I knew over there, dude, there's a demand for it. You'll make money. You know, it's work. You have to make decisions. How really true to the original vanilla do people want? And I'll tell you right now, when they start, when we start a new EverQuest one basic vanilla server up, they don't want to do corpse runs. They don't. I mean, there are certain things we took out of the game, and they're happy that we, you know, they don't have to go do that. They don't. Every time they die, they don't have to run back to their corpse and pick up all their crap that got dropped on the ground when they died. Oh, God, I hate that in any game. But on it's, the point of, of, of seasons and new servers and classics and restarting, which is pre, pretty much like, it's a bit like rebooting in the comic book genre and stuff like that. 
I'd like to ask a, a question to McLeod. Would you play mm -hmm. if CCP made a fresh server? The same game as it is now, but pretty much reset everything. Everyone was reset, everyone starts from scratch. A seasonal game. I don't know, man. Like, seasonal game? Um, if it was a smaller universe, maybe. But, like, uh, it, the the constant restart in a persistent MMO... You can't restart, kind of, Eve. I'm just saying 15 of, years is yeah, a lot yeah. of years, right? There's amassed so much power creep and, and, and positioning, right? That, that pretty much everything is status quo-based. To, to get anything remotely fresh, we might need to get a wipe, right? Uh, I don't know. Not, like, not played, a chance I, I, I have hell. played MMOs. I have played MMOs, like, persist, persistent over a long period, a fairly lengthy period of time, where they just, where they have wipes, and it's, it's a real kind of, it's a pain in the ass. Like, it, it literally, it zaps all your kind of desire to want to carry on playing the game, because it's like, I mean, to the one ha for the one hand like you know if you're if you're one of those groups that are being like you know trampled on by groups that uh, are like massive in comparison it may feel like it's it's a way of breaking <clears throat> those chains it's a way of kind of getting out from underneath someone's shadow because of you know the shadow that's been built up from all the you know all of the uh, the, the creep that's going on but um on the other hand like you know what's the point in playing in uh you know, something that's persistent if it's not persistent. Oh, I, I, I totally see the, the dilemma. That's why I'm asking okay, you. Because I feel like Eve has gone a little bit stale. The same uh, people and the same power bases are impossible to push, right? So you, you can't really make an impact if you come into the game right now. You're going to come in as a as a plea there's no well there's no yeah there's a, there's a thing there the well there's that that's that but that's the that's the core kind of issue with a with eve that ccp has to kind of solve is to somehow figure out how new players coming in can make a difference but not to the point where it basically breaks all the all the um all the work that everyone has done up to this point you know, you have to kind of, you, you, you need to sort of somehow, I mean, and, and it works with, it, it would, it's something that would work if they could solve it um, from, you know, for even, you know, the uh, business kind of standpoint, because from a, in an MMO, like you're constantly trying to, as an MMO, like the longer, the longer it's been since, you know, you've released it and been like, you know, done the whole fanfare of like, oh, look at our new product. Like it loses traction because people look for the new big thing. So, you know, getting revenue from a game that's constantly, you know, that's, that's older and older and older becomes harder and harder. Expansion packs can help with that. Yeah. Um, and anniversary what, what events does. help. Uh, and stuff, yeah. There are a few um, things you can do to get a little bit of attention, but it's it's hard. I agree. When's the last time you heard someone talk about DC Universe Online, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons Online, still running? You know, but it's, uh, it's, it's, but Age of Conan Unchained. They're going to be ten years old in six weeks. Yeah, but if you make a game that uh, allows new players to come in to actually be able to do stuff. Or be able to achieve stuff uh, and you know 
provide some level of value to you know uh, other players that isn't just kill mails or you know like basically cannon fodder um that's actually valuable to the person coming in the new player without it upsetting the you know the rest of the world to an, to a point where it becomes you know something that people can meta then you've got it made then you've got then you've got an MMO that is that caters both to the old players and is you know uh, attractive to new players I think but for Eve, in order to nice. get newer players to have a massive impact, as much as newer players, it would have to change so much of its design philosophies. And when you look, sort even if you were to just hit a solid reset button on Eve and just remove everyone's assets and skill points and have everyone start from base one, I still think you would eventually just get back to the same point we're in right now, where just the same few number of people still dominate the market or still the best FCs just because they have the prior knowledge and the dedication to get that to to make that happen. Um, on top of that, if you do try to do a reset that so their video games give us a, a sense of accomplishment as you know, prior accomplishment EA, um, you get, you know, starting as a newbie, you look at that Titan, and then you get to that Titan. And then you get that accomplishment. I have now just gotten to a Titan. And then if someone were to take that away from you, that removes that sense of false accomplishment. And you, for it's, it, there's a lot of, you would lose a lot of people for any sort of reset in EVE um, just because, I mean, you see it now with like when- It'll feel like a slap in the structures. face, right? It is, it really is. Um, it, and it, you would think. A sense of false accomplishment from the player, and that's that's why I don't think you would ever see uh, Eve Online removed. Well, have you lost a Titan there, yet? But <laughs> but there is but there is a difference I, between wiping Eve and making a new Eve server, like right. you know Eve Classic, for example. There's so a big sorry, difference. Oh, Kearney, I think and, was trying to say something. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, what I was going to say is when I lost my first Titan, uh, I in the Fountain War, I didn't. Uh, I mean, it was a shock and stuff, but I saved that kill mail. I talked about it with my friends. That ship is not completely gone for me. It's the ghost of it is still like, I feel it. My second Titan, I lost less so, but my first Titan. Yeah. It's a and, sense and of accomplishment, yeah, getting, that, that that first that's Titan, getting that first Titan, getting that first loss. That's something that you chose to do in game. If, if suddenly you turned like your game on, um, when you had that first Tyson and it wasn't there and then you petitioned it and CCP said, oh yeah, sorry about that. We had an issue and it's gone, but you know, good luck next time. Yeah, it'll <laughs> be, that, I be would away, yeah. Now Think, think about it this pissed. way, guys, right? Eve is different. Like in World of Warcraft, yeah. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to grind, right? Rift, I'm going to grind, right? I don't grind in, in Eve. I pay for time and my skills are based on time. So think about people, you know, that have played for 10 years or so and how much they paid into the game for those skill points and wiping them all away. I think you'd lose a whole lot more people. It'd be the I death think it's kind of, uh, the, the argument comes from the criticism uh, that I have with the fact that many of the patches that CCP have done haven't really brought enough disruptive design to make it enough of a change. I, I think... Uh, it, it, it needs to look at things like disruptive technologies and disruptive design 
to make sure that the, the game feels fresh to new players as well and to the old ones because if they are pretty much just going through the motions and just maintaining their status quo I don't think they are actually entertained either well, you have to be careful. Disruptive design is a yeah. balance, right? It's like no, but we used to get it right. We got Tech Two, then we got Tech Three. We got uh, all these changes that had massive impact. Well, that wasn't that wasn't sure really disruptive. Is... That was additive. Yeah. No, it was disruptive. Was it, it changed the game. It 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 meant that real, everyone it, needed it did to change the game. Tech but Two railgun was still a railgun. It's not. It's some different. No, I'm not talking game design. Like I'm, talking, I'm talking. I'm uh, talking balance and power creep and and who's who and can be positioned where this type of disruption is needed for an ecosystem to survive all right so i'm going to move us on to our next subject cut you off as it is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a little eve news segment here because we're gonna talk about some fun stuff Titan Sky, spoiler alert. so apparently <laughs> apparently uh, local died for a while <laughs> Are we going to that or are we going to the Titans? Uh, where, oh, oh, did did local just ever. die? Did you, know did you, was did, dead. Did you were you were you alive at that time? No, um, no. The uh, the big thing is right. The, the, there might have been a few Titans that died, huh? This is yeah, also true, and, and we might have had a few people in that fight that are here. Yeah, so, right. I know Carneros. You were in that fight, Scythe. You were in that fight, Scythe. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining. Yeah, sorry, I'm. Yay. Crap today. I, can't, I don't have much were you, voice. Were you out drinking? No, I, I think I have strep. Oh, oh yeah. Don't breathe on anybody, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm gonna breathe on Ollie all through the internet. Oh, I was drinking. He's <laughs> going in the he's going in the cabin. He's gonna lick all the glasses so everybody gets sick lick in his house. All the snacks. I actually knew a kid in high school. He had, he had mono, and he was so <sighs> upset with his parents that he went and licked every glass. In there, in there, <laughs> so, that his, so his parents would get sick. I'm like, dude, you're, you're a little crazy. That guy's crazy. All right, so on to the Titans. Carnivorous and Scythe, you guys were there for sure. Yeah. Hey, I got kill about. mills. Kill mills. Uh, yeah. How did it? Did were there, you something were you happened there when that it I happened, can't talk about? That was awesome. Were you, were you there when it happened, or were you there like when Rage Pins oh. went out? We were we were there killing fucking uh, dictators and shit off the grid so that our uh, our dread fleet could do their work. It was fun. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah, I, I, I was just wondering how it started. That's that's my my. my well, it started. Uh, I was, it started with it nonsense started. and our FC telling us to dock up in a random station, and I was just like, all right, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. There was that. a structure involved. There was a structure oh, timer. Yeah. I I don't know if it was deliberately a bait structure designed to just get us fights or if it was something we were actually using for something it was a goon fleet had something there and i don't I, i'm honestly it, had, was, it had, meant uh, so little i don't know if it was an astrohus or raitaru or what yeah i think there, uh, there were there were some structures it online right? it was it, it something was online. okay that's it, it so it i got a secret hand that started over nothing <laughs> i got a secret hand signal that said quietly go to this system and log off here I'm like oh okay and i got and then i'm halfway there in an interceptor and i thought he said quietly maybe i shouldn't bring my carneros character that gets noticed when i drive through space oh well, well it's too late now i'm i'm halfway there i'm committed so i burn over there in the interceptor and i log off and, oh 
Oh yeah. Shh. Yeah. We're hunting wabbits. I know. So then I get there. Uh, oh, and then I got home from work and I log in and the, it's time. And I said, am I too late? No, no. You know, so and we contracted an Agofar to you. Can you fly an egg? Yeah. Okay. Okay, fine. So I wait and I'm sipping beers and listening to comms. And I said, okay, jump, log in. So we log in, join this fleet, join the fleet. I, I get my contract, I get in the thing, everything's there, it all works. I got some boosters, okay, good, I'm happy. All right, and then said, everyone open the insurance window and mouse over it and make sure you got 500 million in your wallet and don't do anything, just sit there. Okay, okay, now, insure, undock, jump to Sino. Okay, so that's what we did. <laughs> and, then, and then they said, uh, afterwards they said, okay, Go red on triage uh, or siege and um, jump out when you're done. And I'm like, jump out? We're going to take these things home? You know, I thought we were going to die to the last man and kill everything we could. No, jump out. I'm like, all right. So I did. I didn't even lose the ship. Nice. It was it was a, a different a experience of people from did, the support but... fleet. Because I know our support fleet got destroyed that I was in the, in the hammer fleet. And we were... We we warped into the structure as one Titan jumps in and then bounces like crazy and then they jump at all the other Titans and then drop faxes on the one Titan by himself and I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck have we gotten ourselves into? Because I'm not in the command no. channel and shit. I, don't, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. We, we have a guy in our corporate who was telling me about all the crazy shit afterwards and it was fucking cool. We went from like wormhole space to random thing to this other place and then then fucking enemies titans just landing on field with us and a Ishtar fleet and I'm like oh we're gonna die aren't we <laughs> I always assume I'm gonna die I'm, I, no, my name I, starts like, with a C you're not gonna die and, I, I, <laughs> and I'm a little bit famous so my, figure, mine oh, starts with an S on the character I fly in fleets because I'm yeah. tired I, I have G as my main character and he gets shot immediately unless he's Lodgy uh, but I, I lasted to about uh, the last five minutes of that fight but in the last like minute and a half I got 20 something kills worth of final blows off of my character oh, nice. I was like what I was just killing okay. all of the stupid dictors I was like I I just I tied I was in my favor I guess my gun cycled right or something but it was funny <laughs> I did there were people next to me who were who would barely be able to log in and would disconnect log in disconnect there yeah. were some people having trouble yeah, but, we we had trouble jumping gates and wormholes where it was like knocking us off off of a uh, login. And I always get scared if I have to reload the gun in heavy tie dye. Yeah, uh, you know if you know what you're doing, uh, and it's going to be that massive tie dye, try to bring an Amar ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't change your yeah. crystals. Don't change them. Yeah, I. That would be it a great was spraying like an anti-support lesion and just start flapping dictors. We were, uh, the, the hammer fleet was blapping dictors and they freaking, we couldn't get half the hicks off of field. Like they had a couple of Phoboses who just refused to die under the guns of our hammer fleet. And I was just trying, I was just like, what the shit? These are, these are squishy. Why aren't we was able the to alpha them? fleet called sword fleet? Did we know. go like entirely mass effect on this? No, nah, hammer oh. fleet is the composition. Yeah. 
So we won. Ferox fleet. Killed some Titans. Lost some Dreads. Lost some support fleet. Won the Iskor. Did we win yeah. the objective? No, fuck who gives a shit. We killed their Titans. Or were they just... <laughs> the, the objective was to fuck those Titans. titans. The objective was fuck Titans and we won. On paper, I think the objective was to online the bait citadel. So no. But I don't think it's a bait citadel. No one even was paying attention. It's a bait citadel. We traded five titans for a bait citadel. Four hundred billion to five hundred billion. I think we came out on top. Citadel, we have like a bajillion of them. Haven't you seen the production? Let's bait keep stars. Let's do it. Why, why would we need to set up? Why would we need that hundredth keep star? Let's oh, yeah. Yeah. I Fucking mean, you bait say keep bait stars. keep stars, but like, you know, I'm not joking. in five, um, ten years' time, that's probably what's going to be. Just what's the, uh, what's the like faction keep star, or whatever, the big one? Uh, the, oh, the Palantine. 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 Yeah. Bait Palantine. Let's do it. Bait Palantine. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Let's I mean, drop a Palantine. If, if we, we'll break the servers. You know that one time CCP said their servers got on fire. We'll make their second time the servers got on fire. We'll just set it up in the Pope's. We'll set the Palatine system into the same system the where Pope, the Pope yeah. star is. We'll yeah. we'll stage out of the Pope's keep star, and we'll just invite literally all of Eve into one server and see if we can't uh, pack three hundred thousand human beings or yeah human beings into one single node. And we're gonna if, break TT. See if we can't kill some servers. Yeah, Cost CCP uh, an arm and a leg in terms of uh, financial. But the ads, the advert, the free advertising will be awesome. Free advertisement would so be so, worth it, I think. So, <laughs> so big question from Lamsey in um in chat here. Go ahead. Can anybody take on Delve, or are Goons no. safe there? I think they're safe. Bring it. Do you want to relate last mails to you? There was a beautiful hell today, and by beautiful yeah. I mean ugly. Oh, yeah. Was that the one? Oh that... my god! I think it was his first time to undock. It was it was a sad panda. Is my it, my it... answer is come fight us. It'll be fun. We don't care if we're safe. Let's fight. That's actually a really good question. Can actually and can anyone or can goons be dethroned at this point? Like we've seen the massive well, numbers that you can get you know in a keep star fight, but would you know what people yes. you people were saying of that? Yes. Merkel Chan and saying Marana that can can quietly uh flip. <laughs> that was a joke. Karen, you're mean, not gonna live Marana, long. You're not gonna live long in next so. Vegas, are you, Karnira? <laughs> Marana's not mean. She's just mean Rana. I don't know. I don't know. She she had some serious fingernails. She could have killed somebody with those suckers last. I I have never experienced mean. Neither uh, have I. Marana, Thank so God. Like, I don't ever want you know. Marana calmed me down one time because I was drunk and I was like trying to get the Matani to notice me and I'm like Matani, Matani, let let's meet up and like get a few drinks and then maybe have some sexy time and she's like Yorandis, we're gonna need to mute you because you're being <laughs> like, way too way too. <laughs> And so, and so, Matani finally responds to me, and he's like, "Yorandis, I'm a top. This would yeah. never work." <laughs> and so and I'm like, like, "I can be bottom. I'm cool with that. I'm really cool. I'm cool with being a bottom." And Matani's uh, like, "You have to be really cute." So I start messaging uh, Marana, and I'm like, "Here's a picture of me. Do I look cute enough for Matani? Do you think uh, Matani would God. appreciate me?" Of course, this We're is going I'm down like, a rabbit like, hole. We need to get out. Of I'm it. almost blackout drunk at this point. Uh, and she's and oh my God. I lost Oh, I gotta fix that so it doesn't autofocus. Well, I don't know how that's switching autofocus. That's terrible. So, um, what um, what I would say about Delve, right, is 
nobody in Eve is 100% secure anywhere, right? No, no alliance, no group, no anything. Um, what I think you've seen from the Imperium is, and by the way, there'll probably be a million people that, that completely go off the hinges when I say this, but when you go back to Scion's <laughs> article almost a couple of years ago now at this point, I think perhaps about community, right? There is an interesting community concept within Goon Swarm that doesn't necessarily go out to the rest of Eve, right? We lost all of the North, Declan, everything. Everybody thought we were going to fail Cascade. And the only thing that happened is we became stronger. I lost bigger. half of the doesn't kill alliance. us, makes us stronger. And I lost uh, all of the money we had saved up. By the mm -hmm. time we had moved into new space, I had burned through everything I had saved up. In fact, I had sold a Nix to pay for SRP. I had sold, um, bought Plex and sold it out of my own pocket to pay for SRP for the Bastion. Of course, I'm not a goon. I, I, no. I'm kind of lucky. I, I sort of somehow married into the Kardashians. I don't know how that works. <laughs> which so I realize which, I Kardashian, wait, which, which Kardashian which Kardashian has bitten? Which yeah, Kardashian no, has bitten? No, do not go there. Do not go there. Do not go there. Uh, you know, Goon Swarm is like a wealthy, powerful family, like the Kardashians. It's very, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's just very interesting. It's uh, and it's an honor and a privilege to uh, you know be married into the family. Uh, but well, we love you. I don't pretend yes. to think I have the same Eve experience that other people have. But yeah, we, we went, uh, it's, there's a lot more going on at a community level internally than I think are happening in other alliances and, and parts of the game. I honestly think the best analogy ever to describe Goonswarm and the Imperium in general is the, the, the university analogy. You know, the entire Imperium is one university. You know, your corps are like your majors, and then you have your SIGs and your squads would be like your social groups and like your frats and shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you all still like, I, I can't remember. This is not my analogy. I think Asher, I originally heard this analogy from, but it's, it's, it has to be the most analogy, most the best analogy ever for all of Ginsworm. You're all voted. You're all rooting for the home football team, and you know when when you lose, you got to pack up from the away game and start trekking somewhere else. And you know, it's it's honestly the best analogy for Ginsworm ever. I can see that analogy working definitely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But yeah, I, I just think there's something different there than perhaps I see in some other organizations. Um, cause I've been in a couple and they, and they just didn't have that. That doesn't mean that every, that no other organization in Eve has that. Right. But I just think there's, there's something there when you can lose all of what we lost and then come back and and delve. Right. Mm. I mean the, 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 just the massive engine that has become delve. And I think you're getting to the point where success is breeding more success, right? More people want to be part of that great success in Delve and more people are coming. I mean, didn't PL kind of have that sort of same issue right after BTEC R where they had lost, you know, the majority of their Titan mm -hmm. fleet and then were forced back into the drone lands and they still ended up pulling back. It took them, you know, six months, but they still ended up taking the, the entire, all the regions they lost plus more. Yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah like I, I said. It, that's not uncommon. That's happened before, but it, there is definitely a, a larger, um, more homebrewed community, I would say, within Beards. Yeah, and Port 66 is saying in chat, right? It's a community of common goals, right? And I was Common goals is to see the Imperium of Man succeed across the Xeno scum. Randis, I would say that right cases. after that recovery, they had a tighter, more uh, close-knit community in NC Dot and in Pandemic Legion after right after having recovered from that. So, so yeah. But it's, it's it's the whole adversity thing where you realize who your real friends are, right? Mm-hmm. I think it very much is. And the people who, you know, go through the trials and tribulations of things in EVE, I think throughout, no matter what group you're in, become tighter. It's, I think it's good. I hey. think it's a question of time before um, uh, eventually Goonswarm and the Imperium loses another war. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll get to see, you know, who stands with them again this time. And, I, and I'll tell you right now, it'll be easier the second time because I saw what happened. <laughs> what, what did you say? What, what was that? It will be easier the second time because now I will have lived through it once oh, oh, and I understand. understood what the cycle is like and how the rebuilding works. And it'll, I think it'll be easier. I've tried to play Eve with a very uh, distant horizon and mm-hmm. keep my eye on the long term. Well, hey, our time is up today. I want to thank everybody in the audience for for joining us. And we did have a new follow. And it looked like uh, Cole Stefan. So it looks like Colonel Stefan. As I'm, I'm making a guess there. Thank you. Uranus is ready to lock and load down there. I'll give him the... Uh... Yeah, so Toys R Us is having their, their liquidation sale. Oh, yeah, and Toys like, R Us. I need, to, I need to, like, as soon as we're done here, like, I'm going to be packing up and getting ready to go there. Because, like... Looking Nerf guns. Nerf guns, all the things. My kids love those Nerf guns. They're so much fun. All right, everybody. Uh, everybody say bye to the audience. Bye to the audience. And thank you for, uh, thank you for uh, watching us one more week. We'll be back again next week. We'll see you. Goodbye, everyone.